I'm Monica DeSantis, WJOL News. Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Good afternoon. This is Brian P. Swift, the Quad Father. Thank you for tuning in on Wednesdays a little afternoon. I have a very special guest here again, Dawn Plotz, who is extremely noteworthy if you're listening. Uh, phenomenal coach, phenomenal leader, uh, phenomenal friend. So take notes as we go along. Um, as usual, I like to start with a little quote. And today, today's quote goes like this. Fairy tales do not tell children that dragons exist. Children already know that dragons exist. Fairy tales tell children that dragons can be killed. Think about it. I, I read that. I thought it was just extremely interesting. Fairy tales tell children that dragons can be killed. It's. I don't know if we've you've ever thought about what fairy tales were designed for. I'm sure that's one of the reason. And the second reason is probably just to amuse children. So take that. Let's think about it. It is an interesting concept, and I'm sure that concept uh, may be found in a lot of the fairy tales. Moving on, I am still looking for sponsors uh, for our show, businesses, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, whatever foundations that would like to get in front of 60, 70,000 people in the Will Cook DuPage area. Uh, if you are, text me at 708-269-7064 or email me at bswift62 at comcast.net. And I will also throw out this promotion. Get your free ebook on transformation and being, being transformed. All you have to do is, once again, you could either text me at 708-269-7064 or email me at bswift62 at comcast.net. Dawn, welcome to the show. I am thrilled to be back. Thank you for the invitation, Brian. Well, this this is working out wonderfully because you're a great guest to have. Your insights, your honesty, your forward thinking. So today, we talked, or the other day, we talked a little bit about one of the challenges that I'm sure businesses are facing, whether they're big or small, and that is this challenge of working remote mm -hmm. have you seen heard experienced anything in uh, along your business friends uh, the business community where they're having these challenges with so many people working remote i think the biggest variable that i see today with so many people having worked remote for the past couple of years especially is what you and I have been talking about with regards to burnout. We touched on it a little bit last week, but it's becoming even more relevant and apparent today as we enter 2023. There's a lot of variables that go with that, but what are your thoughts? What have you been seeing? Uh, you know what? I haven't noticed as much burnout. I guess I have two perspectives. One, if I'm a business owner, 
I'd be extremely concerned about productivity because uh, I, I do. I, I worked in corporate, so I got up every day. I put on a shirt and tie, drove into work, and worked in an environment that not just helped prop you up, but helped relieve some of your stresses. And like any environment, you have those people that you talk with at the cooler. You have those people you go to lunch with. You have those people, that office you could go into if you have concerns, that that sage maybe that works there. You lose all that with working at home. I don't, so I think there's so many losses with working at home. As a business owner, I'd be, be, be concerned about productivity. And because of those losses that I talked about, I would be concerned about what you brought up, burnout. Mm-hmm. I think the productivity is relative to the burnout, though. It's that qualitative versus quantitative variable, right? So what, what do I mean by that? When I look at as we enter 2023 and what's going on with people, I, I see a lot of this, ah, we made it. <laughs> you know, as if they feel well, like exactly. they're on the other end of the spectrum of the chaos that they've right. been experiencing, like it's over. right? Like there is this defining line of it's it's over so I can resume normalcy. The challenge is people have also lost their desire, their passion for what they once did. I see an incredible amount of turnover as far as people looking for something else because they're not being fulfilled there there's this numbness this dullness that they're feeling and and so when we talk about burnout i think that's what's the precipitating a lot of the lack of performance because you know if you're measuring productivity right that's a a quantitative measurement um people aren't experiencing or feeling fulfilled anymore and so you lose that that qualitative you know piece of the puzzle and so yes i think the there's a direct correlation between the productivity and the burnout and how do we get people on the other side of it so when you say burnout are you talking about people working from home I'm talking about the individual, whether they're employed and working from home and everything's blurred. We talked about that over the past couple sure. of weeks. The The lines have been blurred. So mom and dad are assuming different roles than they once did, right? They're being educator and, yep, and, well, sometimes, right? and parent yeah. for a duration of time that typically they would send their children to school. And a lot of people even still have decided that homeschooling is the better option for them. Homeschooling is up. Hundreds of thousands of kids are now being homeschooled. It's amazing. And so, but what's happened is there's no clear boundaries. I remember when my son was really little and um, I used to work, I mean, I've always predominantly worked from home since the kids were born in different roles and capacities. Even when I was working on the corporate side for several different companies, I've really had the unique blessing of being able to work from home. And uh, my ex-husband at the time also worked from home and we had all kinds of behavioral issues with my son. And 
I finally went to a behavioral therapist. I'm like, fix him. Like, what's wrong with this kid? And as she started to explore, you know, the home environment, we realized there was nothing wrong with him. It had everything to do with the boundaries that we were creating in the home environment and the structure. Kids thrive on structure. They, 100%. They do. And so because they were in an environment until they were in school that was completely unstructured. There was no mom leaves for work or dad leaves for work and dad comes home from work. Everything was just blended all day long. They almost didn't have to, th- they didn't have to think, right? They got up, they got ready, they went to school. They knew they had first class. They knew they had lunch. They knew, but like anything, get, I, I forget what the saying is, but if you're left to your own... Kind of, you're left to your own devices, <laughs> right? I mean, and w- right? I mean, right. that goes for kids as well as adults. Exactly. I mean, adults are experiencing the same thing. I mean, there's something to be said about. I don't care what anybody says. Putting on a pair of dress shoes, yep. dress slacks, a shirt and a tie and a jacket, and going into work. Yeah. I mean, it gives you a feeling like nothing else, and it's not 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 that you have to do that. I watch my son put. He he is not in corporate. He didn't go to four years of college. He makes more money than most of the people that went to college that I know. And and he still has his routine. He gets up, he puts on his work boots, you know, after he puts on his work pants and then he puts on his work jacket and his work vest and gets everything ready to go to work. There's something to be said about that structure. He feels proud when he puts on those work boots Mm -hmm. because he knows what he's preparing for. Just like I loved wearing a shirt and tie. Um, I miss it. I totally miss it. And I'd want to get back into it because that's a feeling you cannot replicate. I, even working from home and being a business professional that I am, I found that over the past couple of years, I did fall into many ruts where I was complacent. You know, I was walking around my sweatpants and a sweatshirt and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. But there is something to be said, you know. And so now today, even in this, routine that I have, you know, I am that person before I even exit my bedroom that makes my bed, you know, within an hour waking up, I, you know, I have my coffee, have my breakfast, I go back upstairs and get dressed, put on my makeup, do my hair, even if I'm going nowhere. It's just part of me feeling on and present. And, and we have to condition ourselves to, to be on and to be present. It's, if you sat and I work with entrepreneurs all day long. I have in one of my businesses, a brand that I represent as as an affiliate marketer, I have a team of people. And I have a team, some people work full-time, some people work part-time, and some people have dedicated, you know, 100%, this is their full-time gig. This is what they do uh, to earn the income that they need to for their family. And so working with different dynamics the hardest thing to teach somebody is to show up, especially when you're working for yourself. What does show up look like for me? Show up looks like be present, be on. Because if we literally look at the amount of hours that we have in a day, and if you started to track all of your hours based on what you did, so you have an alarm set, right? And every hour goes off and you track, what did I do? Was it personal development? Was it exercise? Was it mindset? Was it 
was it productive work? And I'm not talking about the passive things we do, you know, as far as social media marketing and, you know, all of the the different busy busy. work. Right. I think that that's and and I I, those are some of the things that we could talk about, too, is how how to adjust those that time and how to outsource and how to get back into that zone. But if you really take a measurement of what you're doing at the end of the day, how many productive hours do you really think you're spending? I've had this conversation with several clients that I coach over the past four. few days. Yeah, I'm going to say four-ish. And, and yet, you, I feel like I'm in front of my computer 10 hours. Exactly. Or we're in front of our phones. Yeah, either, right, exactly. Either one. Exactly. And I, I think something that I missed. So I got out of corporate and went out on my own. And I think that some of the biggest things I missed are the companionship of your workers and having that person there that's the Zen person, having those people that you can joke with. Those moments that you spend with them seemed like it it, it started a new day for you when you went back into the office. I don't know if I, I I can't get that at home. And I'll, I'll be honest, we could talk about consistency and discipline two keys to anybody's successful. I don't care in what world you live, corporate, entrepreneur, partnership, those two things. I think a big part of that consistency and discipline is when I went into work, I knew my actions were being watched. And the best way to teach people, for some people, is to lead by example. Mm -hmm. And I've watched other people that I wanted to emulate. You don't have that at home. No, but that's where having a coach, having somebody like yourself or myself to hold you accountable, people often figure, feel like, I don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it. I don't, I don't feel like going to the gym. I don't feel like setting out an, an appointment. I had a conversation yesterday and I said, show me your calendar and I'll show you your future. How many appointments do you have scheduled? How many phone calls do you have lined up? How much due diligence are you doing that's going to produce results? We're looking for productivity, but are we doing those income-producing activities that are going to essentially get us the results we want? Open, you know, and I, and so that's my challenge all the time with business partners or, you know, I don't feel like, well, you know what? There's a lot of things that we don't feel like doing, but that's where when people have lost the desire, they've lost the passion, you know, it's just, it's extinguished across the board with so many people. And I hear people often say, I just didn't feel like it. Okay. Well, How many, you know how many things I do a day or you do a day that you don't feel like doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I worked downtown from the Mokina area. I didn't feel like driving there every morning and fighting traffic and then coming out after work to find that somebody parked in the handicapped spot next to me, which meant I couldn't get in my van, and I had to get somebody to move the van. And that happened, believe it or not, probably twice a month. Twice a month, wow. I would have to just, somebody running to the car, I would have to ask, can you just pull out my van? Because somebody parked. I mean, you know, there's so many things that, you, like you said, you just didn't feel like doing. Your monthly reports, you know, observations, whatever that is. Going in the office, 
kind of was like forcing you to do them at home. There is no eye in the sky that really puts that pressure. And I, I think I thrive better with a little pressure. Whether that, and like you said, that's why people get coaches. That's why people get mentors. Well, most of us do. I, I know personally, accountability is key for me. If if I schedule an appointment, to me, that's accountability. If I schedule a phone call, that's accountability. To being left to my own devices, I love creative stuff. Like, I love Canva, and I love all these amazing apps to create reels, but it doesn't do anything for right. my business. It's busy. I, right. It's and busy it's work, and it's fun, but I think a lot of people also confuse the need to rest versus the need to stop. You know, that whole, I don't feel like it. A lot of people are like, well, maybe I'm just met, not meant for this. Maybe I'm not cut out for this, or maybe I need to go get another degree. I see that happen a lot. Professional, <laughs> per, perfe- Professional students. So, yes, oh, yeah. a perpetual student. I yes. love learning. It's one of the things, and I fell into that paradigm at one point. Maybe I need to go get this cert- certification. I'll share a story with you really quick. So in my one of my last businesses uh, where I was building um, a, a platform for myself with an affiliate brand, and this goes back a few years, I got lost in the mix of this wellness brand and it kind of evoked that athletic spirit in me. I was an athlete my entire life. And the next thing I knew, I I was jockeying around, well, maybe I want to go and get nutrition certifications. And maybe I want to do right. competitive sports. And maybe I should do this. And before I knew it, I was down this rabbit hole. And we opened a studio. And... Yeah. And I literally had almost reinvented myself, but there was this incredible resistance I could feel. It was this massive internal resistance, and I couldn't figure out what it was at the time. And I see people falling into this paradigm all the Uh, time. They're going and getting another certification, another certification. I get it. And before they know it, they're dreading. They're literally dreading the very thing that they set out to do, and that's where I found myself. Ultimately, they're running from what they don't want to do, right? And we all run in different ways. Exactly. So let's talk more about that right after we hear word for some sponsors. We'll be right back, and we'll pick up that topic. It's a great topic. 40 WJOL. Welcome back. This is Brian P. Swift, a.k.a. The Quad Father, with my special guest, Dawn Plotz. And we were talking about the pitfalls and possibly the benefits of working remotely. And it is a challenge on both ends, both from a leadership standpoint, a company standpoint, and an employee standpoint to learn to manage themselves, which is really more difficult than I think people thought it would be. I think people look forward to this. They thought it was a great opportunity. And I think after so long, they realized it was a lot tougher than it looked. I think from the management side, um, there, there's a lot of tough things across, like you know, productivity, trust, um, you know, being transparent is hard to do when you're work, working remotely. But we ended talking about kind of running down these different rabbit holes that we all do in different ways when you start to 
either get overload or bur- overloaded, burned out. Uh, I mean, we heard this term, and, and this is a whole different topic, this rabbit hole of quiet quitting. You know mm-hmm. that people are quiet quitting, and it just doesn't mean, which I know the definition out there must be written by somebody way more liberal in, than I am. Quiet quitting isn't just walking away from your job quietly. Quiet quitting is not doing your job while you're getting paid, which is happening out there tremendously until you get caught, not letting your, you're not being honest with yourself, not being honest with your boss. But let's talk about this, this place that we all tend to run to when we do get burnt out and we, and we do find ourselves struggling. As you were saying earlier, you wanted to go back to school, which is a way we see people kind of step away from maybe something they're afraid to face or do. And I think it's also people feeling like they don't have enough credibility, right? They feel there's this overarching sense of imposter syndrome. And am I worthy? Can I do it? And especially in the entrepreneurial space, you see that a lot of times. People feeling like they're not equipped And I always say it's not for lack of resources, but for lack of resourcefulness. And it it happens to me all the time. And I'm going to be honest with you, a thousand percent, Google is my best friend. If I don't know the answer to something, and I said this to a couple of business partners the other day, they were asking about different things and I just went on, you know, and Googled it. I'm like, guys, you can Google everything. Like, Seriously, right. you have to be more resourceful. Right. You, right. you could build a plane, a submarine. <laughs> you could figure anything out. Right. And, and that quote, you not that it was a quote, I do a whole talk about that. The whole talk about, you know, why do some people who are giving everything, they're given love, they're given resources, they're given technologies, they have the money, they have the support. Why do they not succeed at such a high level? And why do some people who don't have financial help, don't have the education, aren't given the love, aren't given the support, aren't given the resource. Why do they succeed at such a high level? And that is the exact answer. The people who succeed are not succeeding because they have all the resources. They're succeeding because they are truly resourceful. I agree. Thousand percent. And going back to what I was talking about earlier, many people today are confusing this whole rest versus stop concept. And you know what? A lot of people are feeling like they need to check out. Like you're saying, you know, just this whole stepping back and I'm overwhelmed, overworked, overburdened, or what once interested me or once that I felt passionate about or I really had the desire to wake up and do every day is is feeling dull. I'm feeling numb over it. And the number one step that people need to take is they need to just step back a little bit and evaluate. They need to take a break. If you see me disappear off social media for about four or five days, I... I'm taking that break right. because it, it can become all consuming, you know, oh, keep up with the algorithm or post daily. And in my business, we created a structure where a lot of people aren't apt to engaging in social media as, as sure. much as other people. So we have an entire platform built where we provide prompts for people. And it was funny because I don't often use those prompts 
but it, one of them came up the other day and it was just apropos when you said you wanted to talk about this and the question was do you find yourself saying often I have to I have to do this or I have to do that what if we simply changed our perspective to I get to yes. you know I get to work from home and share the space with my my pet. Like, I love my dogs. Like, if you follow me sure. on social, you know that I love my dogs. But I get to take a walk at 11 o'clock in the afternoon with them. And, and I get to be there when my daughter gets home from school and talk to her about her day. We have to get out of this mindset of feeling like we have to do all these things and and start to realize that there's so many things that we get to do because we live in the country that we live in. I mean, if you think about other like countries and limitations put on people and what they, we get to dream, like dreaming and, and being an entrepreneur and starting your own business, that is a huge blessing that we get to do. In many countries, it's only a blessing for the rich. Right. Not here. And you bring up, an, uh, wow, so many good topics. So many good topics that we could talk about. Um, we live in a time now where I think there is far less excuses to be successful than ever. My gosh, when you look at technology out there, yeah, I mean, uh, people are walking around with supercomputers in their back pockets. Right. They, they, they could start any business, anytime. You don't even need the type of money that you used to anymore. They can get loans. They can get angel, uh, angel investors. They can start out of their garage. There is no reason for anybody not to be chasing a dream. And we might have talked about this before, but I think people stopped dreaming after uh, through COVID. I do. I think people I stopped dreaming for themselves and helping their other, whether it be their kids or or the people they're working with, dream. Yeah. I mean, that's all I give of a vision board. A vision board should be a gigantic dream board of what you want to get to and accomplish. But I think people have stopped. I know and one of the decisions that I made over the past couple of years was I'm going to dream bigger and bolder. I really want to reach that ideal self that I can't even begin to imagine for the entrepreneur out there or the business person out there or the individual out there that's that's stirring right there's something going on in them because it exists there there even if it's deep rooted Brian I still believe that there's a fire in people that is it just is needs just to be reignited dull. it needs to sure. be reignited and they need to re really assess and reevaluate right now like what is it? There's a great quote, and I wrote this down before I, I um, jumped in the car today. I'm like, I've got to talk about this because Joseph Campbell has a quote, and it says, the cave you fear to enter may hold the treasure you seek. And I think about that because in this space where people are dreading things or feeling like things are a chore, let's just say, and they're needing to step back and take a break. Sometimes, though, the very things that we dread are the things that are going to cause us the most growth. 100%. So if you're sitting there and you're like dreading this or it's feeling like a chore, you have to really evaluate it and look at it from the capacity of this quote, right? The cave that I fear to enter 
does it hold the treasure I seek? So if this one thing, if I do this, is it going to cause me the growth that I really want at the end of the day? If not, if if it's not going to propel my business forward or if it's not going to open another revenue stream for me or if it's not going to enrich the life of somebody else, then it's something I need to outsource. And I've gotten really good lately at at outsourcing things. But we have to. We because have There's to. only so many hours. And as we we, know, we both know, more growth happens on the other side of fear, yeah. on the other side of pain. I mean, you don't grow unless you put yourself through that fire, the, the fire of walking in the cave, the fire of, I mean, you're, if, if you're into health and you want to exercise and, and bulk up or, or tone up, there's, there's a lot of pain in that. But your growth comes, it's that journey where you grow. It's not finally getting there. And I don't know what people don't understand about that. There, nobody said life was going to be easy. Nobody said it was going to be pain-free. And if you want it, you have to push yourself into the cave, mm-hmm. through the fire, and through all those obstacles. It, it's not not my philosophy, not your philosophy. It is just a fact of life. Let's talk about, you made uh, an allusion to health and wellness there for a moment. And I was thinking of this in terms of time right? I One of the brands that I'm an affiliate for is a wellness brand. And I often talk to people about efficacy of supplementation, protein, because there's a lot of garbage Crap. out oh, there, there in the marketplace. There is. And uh, the average consumer doesn't understand the difference. It's not what you put in your body. It's what the body's willing to use and what the body can absorb. And the better the efficacy of a product, nobody puts their efficacy on products at all. And that's why I'm a re- really passionate about this. But what if we thought of time in terms of efficacy? Like what, going back to that measurement of time, right? What if we thought of time in terms of efficacy and the value from that time like how did that time make you feel today like whatever you did so if you're measuring time most people measure from a quantitative what was the result or what was the you know what was the outcome what if we measure that time from how did it make you feel or or better yet how did it impact and make the person that we're working with feel or that's listening feel is anybody gaining value from from that interaction or what's being said. What if we looked at time from the perspective of efficacy oh. and how much of that time is contributing, giving back, or adding value to not only our lives, but the life of another human being? Oh, that's a, that's a great perspective to think about. And I agree, whether that's self-growth, giving back, um, I don't know how you can approach anything without, for me, without understanding the nature of who's this benefiting. And I think when it benefits a whole lot of people, I think the average person feels great about that. Mm -hmm. I I just, it it, it does. I know for me, the more exercise, the better I can function in a wheelchair, 
and that means I don't need help. I need I don't need help, which makes me feel more independent, which allows me to get in my van and go run and go do things, which helps my entire family out. I hope it's. I, I also hope that people see me out there and saying, "Wow, that guy can do it. That guy's out there doing it." You know, maybe I should be doing it. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is doable from something I never thought about. Let's let's come back to that. We'll take a short break here from our sponsors. And let's come back to that and maybe talk about just a couple tips and uh, advice uh, on this remote working situation that we're living in. 40 WJOL. Hello and welcome back. We were talking about the remote challenges that not just individuals face, but businesses and corporations are facing with this whole movement towards working remotely we've covered so many things but let's near the end of the show let's talk about some tips and advice you know and a couple things i found that helps whether you're uh, working from home and i guess you could even take this in the working world for for me just you know really managing learning to manage yourself and learning to be honest with yourself um i think that's extremely important and next would be maintaining a regular schedule like just having that schedule that takes out thought process where you know you just Mm -hmm. go and just like when you were in school you had this class at this time and you had so much time in between but just to get up at a consistent time build that time in for important exercises at home whether that's uh, for important activities, whether that's exercising, whether that's taking the dogs out, it give you that that break from what you're doing. Because we get those breaks when we're in a, an office. Mm-hmm. We find ways to get those breaks. We also need them at home. I just think at home, because there's no clock and nobody watching, we get into a sloppy routine versus a regular scheduled routine. And I think if we can get into... Uh, maintain a regular schedule that's consistent that might help people who are working remotely mm-hmm. uh, so step back would be you know one of the first things that i would do is lean back and determine is this a time where i really just need to take a break do i need to unplug for a few days do i need to take a vacation for a week do i need to you know just take the weekend off what is that look like for you and then determine you know is this something that I'm dreading because it really just depletes me or am I dreading it because it's what's going to push me forward it's what's going to propel me forward right so when I think about those things I've had to kind of do an evaluation of myself even coming into 2023 because there was a lot of things that I loved about my business that I was starting to dread like customer service or working with my team. There was moments where I was starting to feel resentful (laughs) that I was dedicating so many hours to things and it was starting to feel like a little bit of a burden. And I'm like, well, wait a second here. You know, is this something I'm really dreading or is there something that I need to do that's to, to manage my time better 
so that I could step back into my zone. And that that's my sweet spot. And it's the stuff I love to do. But I was finding that I was needing to spend all this other time with stuff that I could be outsourcing. You know, some of the things I've been hiring virtual assistant for a day, you know, just to and it was awesome because they sent out an entire campaign to all of my customers, my business partners and everybody today. As I'm driving here, I'm getting all these notifications from customers responding. I'm like, and I didn't even touch it. I didn't have to nice. do it. So it was, yeah. it was, but you know, just proposals, invoices, paperwork, all of that stuff. That it's not, it's the, minutia. Yeah. Like cutting your grass. Like I, I kind of justified it. I'm like, oh, I love yard work. My time is so much more precious than the yard work. Mm-hmm. Hire the entrepreneurial kid down the street who's 13 years old who just wants to make $10 and, and mow the grass. Like invest in those spirits, right? And we've had to do that is I I think as we've realized how valuable time is. Yeah. And yes, I love being outside and I love being outside with my kids, but it got to a point where my kids did all the yard work because of me being in the wheelchair. I would edge the lawn, but I was like, okay, that was an hour. I'd rather be up at the park playing basketball or throwing a football around with my kids for an hour and to get somebody, like you said, whether it's $25, 30 $35, to cut my lawn, trim it, make it look better than than it would have, that investment is crazy not to invest. Right. So we have to be realistic with the expectations that we have of ourselves, right? We have to, like you said, the, if we look at time from the measure of its efficacy, time is a commodity, right? 100%. And so, like you just said, I'd rather invest this time here in experiences rather than in chores or things that, and I love certain things, you know, such as yard, you know, being in the yard and gardening, but yeah, I don't have to do the <laughs> the yard work, right? right. No, but some of these things we do are therapeutic. They're exactly. cathartic. I do, exactly. I do woodworking and... I brought people into my garage to do woodworking that never thought, never picked up a tool, never was around a tool, and made something simple with them, a charcuterie board, or help make a table. And their hope, I mean, they were ready to go out to Home Depot and buy tools because it is so cathartic, like gardening, right? Like I'm sure like journaling. Right. For some people like cooking, I think we need to find that. Those outlets, yeah. Those outlets. Yeah. We had, I mean, I, we had those outlets when you work for corporate. I found ways to to get out and do my my grounding and, and be outside and do those things. Yeah. Um, we still need those, yeah. whether I'm working at home or not. I think that's part of maybe um, creating a better agenda and sticking to time mm-hmm. to do things to create those moments because no matter how much you work you never really leave work at work but you did physically leave work exactly you physically and, left. and that's where boundaries become important i'm to the point where at eight o'clock at night because i have a team of salespeople, literally globally 
So I have an entire team that I collaborate with that's in New Zealand and Australia. If I didn't turn my phone on Do Not Stirp at 8 o'clock at night, I'd be getting notifications all through the night. So that was one lesson learned. So my phone goes on Do Not Disturb at 8 p.m. and doesn't come off Do Not Disturb till 10 a.m. Because I have identified 8 to 10 as my most productive hours. And so that's when I schedule you know, calls or Zooms or meetings because, and and I don't let anything interfere with those hours. Eight o'clock at night because, you know, my husband doesn't get home till 6, 6.30 at night. So we have a very small window of opportunity to have dinner as a family and, you know, to just spend some time, you know, talking or whatever we want to do. And one of the the biggest pieces of advice that I recommend to people all the time these days is one don't set yourself up for failure you have to give yourself a range we we all put these deadlines on ourselves like this has to be done by xyz right and rather than that what if we were to give ourselves a range of you know what i'd like to have this done by here and i'm going to chip away at it and we're going to see where we get when I was doing a uh, fitness competition, I remember doing that. I, I didn't say I have to have this result by this. I said, you know what? Every week we're going to kind of evaluate where we're at. And if we get there, we get there. I released myself of the expectation of achieving something. It's, you know, right now I've been working on a book. You and I have talked about this sure. for forever, it feels like. And... I'm like, what is my deadline? I'm like, no, you know what? Just invest half an hour a day, 20 minutes a day, chip away at it, but make sure you put that 20 or 30 minutes a day on the calendar. Something. Right, you know, and getting back to working out, if that's something that's a priority for you, it's a priority for me. I've been putting it back in my calendar. And and it's funny because it was my husband that caught me on it. He's like, you don't have this stuff in your calendar anymore. You need to get it back in your calendar. So... Even though I didn't want to hear that. (laughs) It's truth. If it's in my calendar, it's as good as gold. If it's not, if if you start to get wonky with your time, as I like to say, loosey-goosey with your time spent... It can blow by. It Exactly. Before you know it, you've been scrolling and you get caught in what I call the scroll hole for like 45 minutes and you've accomplished nothing. Nope. Been there, done that, (laughs) gone down that rabbit hole. And, I mean, to tag along with this, managing your expectations, I think, is so critical. I help people do this. They get frustrated over some things that are just mind-boggling. But I'm like, well, what were your expectations? Right. And then we talk about their expectations and then sit back and go, well, okay, you listen to me. This is is what I expect. Does that sound reasonable? And I would basically mimic their expectations and they'd be like – well, not really. And I'm like, well, you just did that yourself. Right. You put these expectations on yourself. And I'm all for high expectations. Yep. I have gotten where I'm at by having high expectations. But I also do it with a little twist, like you said, with realizing that that, that is a stretch. I don't know if they use it, like a stretch goal, right? Yeah. Love to do that. But, man, if I could get this far, like, man, I, I'd be pretty satisfied something's got to be reasonable and still have that stretch opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people fail in that and just end up frustrated. Yeah. 
And then, as you talked about, managing the way we talk to ourselves. Instead of saying, I have to do this, I want to do this. That's huge. I, I, I've studied NL, neuro-linguistics programming. I have practiced it for years. The, changing some of the words we use yeah. is monumental in yeah. the way we uh, function through the day, in the way we think through the yeah. day, and the impact it has on ourselves, let alone the people around us. Yeah. Giving yourself that permission to rest. Giving yourself permission for anything right now. Giving yourself permission to take a day off or to not have, like you said, these unrealistic expectations. I I, call, I have a little acronym that I use, especially on days where I'm tired, especially you know with this weather that we sure. get here in the Chicagoland area. It's called GFN. It's a guilt-free nap. Because how, how often do you work from the house and all of a sudden you're, and what it is, is your glucose plummets around two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And you're usually feeling like really exhausted at that time. And you're like, I'm going to push through. I'm going to power through. I can do this. I can do this. And before you know it, you're like dozing at your computer. <laughs> I don't care if you're in the corporate world or not. No, or you're scrolling down that <laughs> right. rabbit hole of doing right. something else. Yeah. But you don't have to push through. You have to give yourself permission. But don't you think sometimes you do have to push through? There are times. There are times. But most often than not, they're self-inflicted. And they're not necessary, depending on the circumstance. Right. No, I, like I agree. You, there's seasons. Like right now, we're in a season where we're about to launch a billion-dollar product. And I'm like, push through. Don't sleep for 90 days. Like, is this going to be crazy and I'm not giving myself permission I'm pushing through right now and there are seasons where you do do that but you have to again give yourself range and change the expectations that you have of yourself and then give yourself permission when it is time to rest and that will keep somebody from burning out I truly believe it will and I think that's a hard thing for maybe men to wrap themselves around because and I know we don't have a lot of time left but I can't even imagine I've never heard my dad my grandfather ever say I need time for self care like if I said that to my dad he would have throat punched me I mean what I mean honestly if I heard my dad say that I would have looked at him like that, that, that that's not my dad and I know generations have somewhat changed and it was a little tougher, harder generation. But, I mean, honestly, if, if, could you imagine your dad saying that? <laughs> no. Right? No. How no. about your mom? No. I mean, no. so. No. I mean, they I mean, work it, two jobs apiece. Right. It, you know, it, I, I can't even, my, my mom could, the, the, the young women today could, couldn't keep up with my mother at 85. <laughs> she can bake. She can cook. She could keep a house spotless like it was just built. She could do the lawn. She can do, she, she could, so she could, oh my gosh. I never heard her once ask for a break. I mean, it's just amazing that, that that's a topic I know I've had and, and is somewhat puzzling because I, I want to emulate those people that, like my mom and dad. But we're wrapping up. Dawn, how can somebody get a hold of you? if they want to tap into all the knowledge you have. 
I appreciate it. Uh, the best way to reach me is uh, through my marketing number, 844-877-5874. And just simply text the word radio. And we'll get you onboarded. And uh, I'll be able to personally follow up with each and every person that calls in or text 844 844- Eight seven seven five eight seven four. Just text the word radio and we'll coordinate with you. Awesome. Hey, I'd like to thank all the listeners out there today. We had another awesome show. Uh, look forward to next week. Uh, we tackle great topics. If you have a topic, if you have an idea, if you have a subject, uh, reach out to me at, you know, at bswift62 at AO, at, geez, at, at uh, comcast.net. Thanks so much. Have a great day.